when your life's work is so important, you start a whole educational institution around it. At least that's what Dr. Amit Goswami and some of his colleagues have done. Dr. Amit Goswami, a theoretical quantum physicist, explained in his first episode on the Defiant Business podcast how he solved the quantum measurement problem. And his work has huge ramifications for our future as a species. The Center for Quantum Activism was created to provide educational programs around quantum science, a science within the primacy of consciousness and how it solves all of humanity's major issues. Now, I know you might be wondering, Ruthie, what does this have to do with business? I promise you've stuck with me this far. Let's keep going a little bit more because this has completely changed my perspective and my perception of reality, including the way that I work with clients and the way that I conduct business. Let's dive in. Hello and welcome. You're listening to the Defiant Business Podcast, and I'm your host, Ruthie Bowles, founder of Defy the Status Quo, a branding and marketing consultancy. This podcast is for the business owners and professionals who have seen the status quo in their industry and are ready to do things differently. We're here for the contrarians, mavericks, and rebels. On the Defiant Business Podcast, we'll talk about marketing, sales, client and customer experiences, finances, and amazing entrepreneur journeys that show that none of us are alone. Thank you for joining me. So let's talk about the QAB. What led you to start that education institution? Okay, it didn't quite start that way. I first started a movement called quantum activism. This has a little bit of history, but I'd be interested. In 1999, I was invited along with a bunch of intelligent intellectual people, philosophers, scientists, all to meet Dalai Lama, who has been a leader in many of the avant-garde social changes that we are trying to bring that will benefit the public. So in that meeting, Dalai Lama gave us a very inspirational speech saying that, okay, we we have developed some very good models of consciousness, but how about applying it? How about applying it to social problems? So I became very interested to apply it in social problems. The first book I wrote after that meeting was a book on science and uh, spirituality integration called Visionary Window. The second book I wrote was about creativity. And the third book I wrote is about physics of the soul, reincarnation. This is still kind of personal. This is still not quite the social problems. But then I had a fantastic editor at Hampton Roads, and I was wondering Maybe I should write about health because I was doing some research. Deepak Chopra has already suggested the idea that spontaneous healing may have quantum effects, quantum healing, he called it. And I was interested in that. I had an explanation for it. So when this editor suggested to me, I suggested to him, he said, yeah, we'll publish it. So he, that encouragement gave me the boost. So I researched some more integrated the conventional and the alternative medicine practices, Chinese, Indian, and everything just 
fit. Everything just started fitting in. And I had the explanation of all of the medicine practices all together in one paradigm. Amazing success. So it was published as the book is called Quantum Doctor. Great book. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I have not really healed anybody seriously except, you know, mental, maybe a little bit, but not physical patients. But I have, you know, great amount of insights about it because I'm a theoretician. I can look at problems in a certain scientific way. So uh, after the success of that book, and then I was invited to participate in a movie called What the Bleep Do We Know? And that sort of was a nice experience. And indeed, people get to know me. I became quite popular in the lecture circuit. But still, I noticed there is an enormous reluctance on the part of psychologists, medicine practitioners. On one hand, they would say, oh, this is so wonderful. We have integrated science and spirituality. We see now that we, are, we can work on one paradigm. But they were refusing to accept the quantum paradigm. Why? But simply that, well, that's not our forte. We want to stay within our own field because we don't know nothing about quantum. How we cannot judge your work. It is so disappointing that I am taking the effort of understanding everything about psychology, everything about biology, because I am interested in explaining that stuff. I don't think I am that much more intelligent than these other people, wonderful people. And it was very disappointing. They're just refusing to get out of their little bit of ballpark that they live in, not realizing that it's easy to investigate others. You just have to devote some time, get used to another way of thinking. That's all. But uh, anyway, that refusal continued. So then I said, what the heck? You know, I was in Brazil and um, this kid confronted me saying that, well, uh, is there experimental proof of the existence of God? That's what you're suggesting, aren't you? I said, yes. And I showed him there is experimental proof. So there is even experimental proof. And now neuroscientists even have proved the details of my theory. Detailed predictions have been verified. So even under this condition, people are not all that agreed that there are people who support me also. I mean, support quantum physics. It's not me personally. This is science. Science is impersonal. I am just a contributor, and I want to be that way. I don't want to be this great big honcho of anything. So I realized that what I have to do is activism. I have to just literally get to the people and say that, look, paradigm is ready to change. We can integrate science and spirituality, this great world polarization that has taken place, that science of materialism have forced religions to backtrack. And you see today what the consequence has been. Science in that process have been very weak because Science of matter does not stand up. Science of matter cannot cover human beings' creativity, human beings' spirituality. He cannot give a theory of consciousness, cannot give him a theory of life. Even their theory of evolution is faulty, does not explain data. So all these things are open secrets. But people, when they develop a dogma, they hold on to the dogma at all costs, just as religions have done. Similarly, these materialist scientists, they have dug in. This is the way. This is the fight you see. Why should the other side, religions, agree that yeah, this is the way everything is better, God is not existent, when there is plenty of evidence in their life that God exists, values exist, 
morality is a must for human beings. So this, all this division can be only if you accept quantum physics. So all these divisions can be mended, can be reconciled. So this is what uh, made me start the quantum activism movement. It did not take up very well in America, where I live. But fortunately, in Brazil, it took off very gloriously. I had a wonderful associate named uh, Adriano Fromer, who helped me a lot. He was my publisher in Brazil. And because I became very popular in Brazil, we started teaching these quantum activism workshops. And from then, uh, it's just step by step. I wanted to make a university where we teach degrees. Because, you know, after all, this is a huge project to discover quantum physics, meaning of quantum physics, the objects that we call archetypes of intuition that is the basis of quantum creativity. These things are not easy. It really requires a commitment. I more and more realized that just teaching a five-day workshop, I cannot change people. I have to be there and help them, nourish them through like two years for master's and now five years for PhD students. And now I'm really contributing to people's life. And I found a wonderful associate. Uh, her name is Valentina, the one that I was telling you about. And she is fantastic in her grasp of medicine. She is a medical doctor and also in her grasp of spirituality. So together, we uh, started this university, Quantum Activism Bishalam. There were also some other people too, they joined in, and more and more people are coming. We now have 50 students and um, increasing. <laughs> yes, it has. Finally, we have broken even this year. Uh, COVID took a big toll on us last year, but this semester we recovered and we are doing uh, wonderful. So things look very hopeful because the students really are uh, learning. We have our first master's student graduated this July, August. So we are very happy. And uh, PhD students have uh, been flourishing. We have 20 or so PhD students. So it, it really is a wonderful adventure for me to dedicate my life to growing some really people with soul you know, Joe Biden talks about soul, like his soul, and he maybe he has a soul. He does have a soul, I think that he does. But we need thousands and thousands of people, millions of people with soul. And of course, one has to start somewhere. I have learned that from quantum activism. I started with a workshop where people that showed up were only about like 10, 20. And to that, we now have uh, workshops which fill up completely, hundreds of people. And again, the quantum activism, Bishala, and the first group that we used as a test, that had uh, very few students. But then it has grown to 50 students in just two years. So uh, people are ready, people are there to transform. David Hawkins, a great psychologist, he estimates that there are about 15% people who are ready. And I agree with him. Uh, so he is with me. There are many people with me. Stan Groff and personal psychology, Rupert Sheldrake in biology. Uh, he is very avant-garde. He is uh, providing ideas. Deepak Chopra, of course, is a great supporter of this. So we have some very heavy. Arvind Glasgow, another great giant in Europe. So we, we have we have some very great people who are contributing. And some of the people who are no longer with us, Aurobindo, Carl Jung, 
these people have already created a very receptive ground. That's another one. So I think that we should not be too pessimistic about this feud between materialist and religion. One has to just realize that materialism is not true science. Materialism is science with dogma. And we also have to realize that religion, likewise, is not true spirituality. It's spirituality with dogma. We give up the dogmas. We get science, true science, quantum science, and true spirituality, wisdom tradition. And then all becomes one uh, way of thinking, a monolithic thinking, which gives us the ideas that we always have known in our heart that are true. That's that's wonderful. <laughs> yes, I'm actually, I've, I've got you all, I've got the QAV on my education plan. I spent a little over eight years in the army. So between being in the army and having kids and stuff, it delayed my own higher education. So I'm actually in pursuit of my bachelor's in psychology right now. And I was super close for signing up for one of your all's certifications. But I, I was like, okay, I think getting one of the degree plans would you know, be best. And it's given me an opportunity, though, to look at psychology from this perspective, you know, at least, you know, having consumed what I've consumed of your work, but really seeing psychology as like this management and exploration specifically of the ego, but it's presented as this exploration of the entire mind as if this is all that we are. And so that's just been a very interesting study for me, kind of seeing where psychology is, and I plan on focusing on social psychology, but seeing where psychology is as a field when compared with your quantum science, with the quantum science theories, it's fascinating. Exactly. And psychology has so many compartments. If we do it in the compartmentalized way, there's mechanistic psychology, behavioral, cognitive, and there is strength personal psychology in between. There is depth psychology and humanistic psychology. Quantum psychology integrates everything. I'm just finishing a book on quantum psychology, how it gives us a science of happiness. And so, you know, uh, the power of the new science, um, Valentina, who I just mentioned, she and I just finished a book on quantum integrative medicine. So we can really develop integrative view of everything, really, all the sciences, even science of prosperity, businesses. So the future of quantum science looks like we really can do some of the human problems, how to solve this crisis, how to get rid of the worldview polarization, how to really, really even get to Problems like global climate change, we can make a dent of it. We have the solution. It's not easy, but it's not that hard either. But we have to really put the plan together soon because we are running out of time. That problem is a very serious one. People are just not understanding how close we are to destroy the very planet on which we live. That's I'm in 100% agreement. I've been talking a lot with my kids about remembering that it's not us and nature, that we fall under the umbrella of nature. We are a part of nature, despite the fact that we set up our little buildings so we don't have to sit out in the rain and things like that. We are a part of nature. And so I've been trying to get them to, or just trying to open up their minds and kind of seeing things. And so, you know, even now they'll comment on things like they're being trash, you know, out by the side of the road or in the forest when we go hiking. And so these are things that they are starting to see now and starting to understand that, you know, essentially it would be like if 
we just left trash all over our living room or, you know, just lit, you know, left trash in our bed and that's where we sleep. So the earth is where we live. So we have to take good care of it. (laughs) Okay. So this has been a wonderful episode. I didn't know if there was anything that you wanted to share with our audience in terms of anything new for you or the QAV that's come out recently that you think that perhaps they should check out based on our conversation. Okay. One thing I want to emphasize, because every time we talk about integrating science and spirituality, sometimes people who are in the know, they know that spirituality has something that is uh, that is a bit scary because spirituality often denigrates the world. It says world is inconsequential, world is full of ignorance, suffering, and all this. This is the fault of the spiritual tradition. They thought that because uh, oneness cannot be broken up without making an illusory mechanism, the mechanism is the sort of Consciousness has to fool itself in order to think that it is separate because oneness ultimately cannot be divided into two. Mm-hmm. So they always have thought that the separateness, because it is comes through via an illusory mechanism, therefore it must be less important than the oneness. And so spiritual traditions usually say, give up the world, attachment to the world, and go for the oneness. This is not the reason that the manifest world was created, because we are already in oneness. If achieving oneness was the objective, then why was the separation created? And the separation is not illusory, because have you ever seen an illusion that permanently stays and stays and evolves? The evolution is the key. The illusion is not a temporary illusion. It has permanence and it evolves. It changes for the better. What is it doing? It is allowing the aspects of consciousness that we call archetypes, love, beauty, truth, justice. It allows us to embody those things. As Teoti Sharda said, the idea of evolution is to bring heaven on earth. God has this attribute, but we don't. So we have to make these attributes. Our duty is to embody these attributes and make the earth as a heaven, not heavenly values over there, and we have to find heavenly values only if we go there. No, we can make the heavenly values right here. This is what Dalai Lama told us in 1999. This is what inspired me. This led to quantum activism, Vishalayam, quantum activism movement. My whole life is that inspiration that we have to make. We have a special responsibility. We are the shepherds of this world because we are the most evolved. We are the pinnacle of evolution. And we have responsibility to make the world, not only save the world, but make the world a better place to live. And we can, with the proper understanding, scientific worldview, quantum spirituality integrated, we can do it. We have the methods now understood, creativity. It is hard, but it is not that hard. The process is not known. So all these things we teach, uh, quantum activism, Vishalam curriculum is fun to learn and people change. Our objective is to transform people, literally. They live differently. Their life is coordinated, synchronized between thinking, living, and how they make their livelihood. So it's wonderful to have a congruent life. 
you know, people suffer because there is incongruence. So much of difference in their thinking. Materialists profess one way, like everything is better, but in their own lives, of course, they have love lives, they have relationship, but they will never admit that love is anything but sex. So, you know, these discrepancies between what people say and how people live creates conflicts. This is why conspiracy theories grow. People don't even believe their own theories. And they can say contradictory things this time one, this time another. This is the thing that gets everybody down. Not only themselves. They are, of course, liars and cheats, but everybody down because the society cannot move with such conflict. And, of course, the result is cancer, heart disease, psychological suicide tendencies, depression, and, you know, whatnot. All this can change. All this can be transformed. So I'm very hopeful about the future, but we have to start realizing that we have it. <laughs> First of all, recognize the worldview and start living it. Yes, agreed. That actually what you were talking about with the spiritual traditions largely denigrating, you know, our experience, our human experience, that has actually always, almost always been a problem for me. Once I became old enough to kind of try and think it through, I couldn't embrace the fact that this life wasn't meant to do something, that it wasn't meant to just be like they were saying it was just meant to be like a trial. I was just supposed to suffer through my life to get to something at the end. And as you said, what's the point of that? Like if we're already one, what is the point of going through this suffering trial in order to just return back to it? I could never get behind that. And that, again, that was actually part of just one of the many things I was able to learn from your books that just that elegant way of, of expressing it. And it just, it spoke to me on a very, very deep level. Okay. So that is our first episode. I wanted to make sure that the audience had a good idea of, of who you are, the work that you're doing, the goal that you are striving for. And it is a big one. And we're all going to have to contribute in our our own ways. Our contributions are going to look different, but you've done a fantastic job of, I think, you know, just putting it out there. I think one of the best things that you've done for me is to give me a vocabulary uh, with which to express the things that I see in my industry and business and the work that I do with clients. So again, thank you so much for joining me today, Dr. Goswami. Thank you, Ruth. If you're interested in learning more about the Center for Quantum Activism, check out amitgoswami.org, linked in the show notes. There are two more episodes to go in this series, and I recommend you listen to Dr. Goswami's first episode if you haven't already. See you again next time. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and a review. To catch all the latest from me, you can follow me on Instagram at DefyTheStatusQuoBiz, and the link is in this episode's description. Thanks again, and I'll see you next time.